This is your Wendy's Wake Up Call. Start your day with a better breakfast and get a free drink with any of our morning-making breakfast sandwiches. That's your favorite drink in a Wendy's cup, free. Fresh brewed coffee, free. Diet Coke, free. Vanilla Frosty Chino, that's cold brew plus Frosty Creamer plus free. So don't sleep on this deal. Get any size drink in a Wendy's cup free when you buy any breakfast sandwich. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. Limited time only at participating Wendy's. On the card only. Offer valid upon request on lowest price qualifying item. Not valid for third-party delivery. To show you how easy it is to file a claim with GEICO, we hired a nature show host. In a native habitat of a suburban driveway, the poor victim of a broken windshield is left assessing his vehicle utterly helpless. Well, not true. If he's got GEICO, he can file a claim online, over the phone, or with his handy mobile app. But like a lone gazelle, he'll suddenly be left to fend for himself, awaiting his terrible fate. Nope. GEICO will assign him a designated claims team to help him out, too. So the gazelle gets his car fixed and everything. Wow. Nature is so cool. GEICO. Great service. Without all the drama. Has to, he's in a parade. I believe he's uh, he's going to be on top of a float. <laughs> it was that, that's how you that's what you gathered, right, Ryan? He said it was homecoming, but I thought it was a pride parade. Who knows? Well, he's not going to homecoming, right? He has no. He, he's too old, right? Well, there's a statute of limitations on it. I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, if he if he is going, we need to kick him off the podcast. Okay, because clearly. <laughs> And we need to call the FBI immediately. But this is our gambling podcast. Uh, Adam and I did the Cincinnati Bengals-Browns review on Sunday, released that on uh, Monday for you guys. Uh, I know you guys like that. That's where we just broke down that specific Thursday night game uh, and why I lost money. Ryan, unfortunately, couldn't be with us. I know he wanted to tear into me. but So we'll, we'll, we'll let him have a few minutes where he makes fun of me. Uh, tonight we're going to be strictly gambling. We're going to go into th- or give our three college best bets, our three NFL best bets bets uh and then we're gonna do it nfl cleveland browns washington redskins just a only browns review tomorrow night that we'll be having released for friday um again the austin hooper eight by ten we had a pretty good week last week listener wise and no one reached out to me so we're gonna try to make these rules even simpler give us a we're uh, just review us okay leave a little comment give us a, a review on on itunes dm any one of us Okay, take a photo of it. DM us. <laughs> DM uh, at, at Browns Wire Podcast. That's our Twitter account. Or at Josh Keeley 16 Or Ryan, what's yours? Um, I am Ryan Keefe. There you go. DM, DM, just take a photo of it and DM us. I, I can't make it any simpler. Just a five-star review. Have something nice to say. Like, I did this for the Austin Hooper autograph. And then that's good enough for me. All right. I don't know why we didn't have anybody hit us up for it last week. We had, like I said, we had pretty good, uh, pretty good week last week. Everybody was excited about that Thursday night game. Um, but before we dive in, Ryan, I know that you weren't able to make it Sunday. I did. You listen to the podcast at the very least. I will listen to the first ten minutes. After that, I had to uh, shut it off, and I haven't been able to start it back up. But I got the first couple minutes you, in. You son of a bitch. I stand by it. I stand by taking the Browns. I would take them nine out of ten times. And I felt like Adam kind of agreed with me. Okay. Olivier Vernon and Jack Conklin were both game time decisions. I feel like right there, that's probably let's not I'm not gonna be insane. That's probably a half a point swing right there. The Bengals were five for five on fourth downs. That's just simply not sustainable. That's insane. Okay. And then there was a third reason that I can't quite remember. 
Um, oh, it's a rookie quarterback on a short week. There was a third reason why I lost a bet that I feel very confident that the next time I would win. Uh, you know, the Jack Conklin injury didn't affect them as bad as bad as it did. Uh, I thought it would, but uh, I think that the Olivia Vernon did, injury did kind of hurt them worse than I thought. Um, but regardless, it's a new week. Let's move on. First, let's do a recap of our best bets from last week. I did not have a good week as far as my well, – you want to do college first or NFL first? Uh, I didn't let's bet, go I ahead. Haven't, I haven't bet any college. Like I, I've said a couple times, I'm just not confident in the read I'm getting on it, so I haven't bet any yet. I've bet all NFL. So if you want Fine. to go over college, go over college. Fine. I got all kinds of information for the NFL for you. All right, okay. Let's let let me knock out the college. So I didn't do very well last week. I went one and two. Okay, I took Louisville, given two and a half to Miami, Florida. Um, I thought I was really getting it on the back end of that number. The the line opened up as Louisville was the favorite. Well, actually, Louisville was getting a point, and then it ended up swinging to they were getting a couple points by kickoff as well. So I kind of got a really bad number there, even though I put the bet on, on Monday. Um, Louisville was not as good as I thought they were. Miami played really well. I, I know that I, I talked about Derek King and how he struggled to throw the ball against UAB, and I stand by that. He just looked like a completely different person um, against Louisville, which was surprised me, but that's going to play a part in what I'm taking this week. Um, Oklahoma state I took Oklahoma state given 23 points to Tulsa. I thought this game was a lock. Um, especially after I saw that number hit over 24, which as everybody knows, anybody who listens to the show realizes that is a key number. So when I got under that key number, I was, I don't know. I was hard. Um, unfortunately, Oklahoma state almost lost outright the quarterback went down the quarterback spencer sanders was four for four and then got hurt not never to return again <laughs> and then the second string quarterback was terrible the third string quarterback thank god they went to the third string guy because that's pretty much how Oklahoma State ran the ball or uh one chuba hubbard did nothing tylen wallace was hurt pretty much the entire first half or at least did nothing um so it was just a bad bet by me um I, neither one of those were bad beats. They were just flat-out bad bets. I did win the Boston College bet. Boston College was getting six from Duke. They end up winning outright. Unfortunately, I didn't sprinkle anything on the money line. Um, but, you know, that's that's where we're at. So let's move on to – let's move on to this week. I, I actually have a, four bets, but I'm only going to go over my top three. All right, Ryan. For this upcoming so, week, or for the for this for this upcoming week, and I think you're gonna I think you're gonna like one of these. Well, you're actually well, you're gonna agree with me, but you're not gonna like it. Okay, Miami, Florida, given eleven and a half. <laughs> yeah, Miami, Florida, given eleven and a half to Florida State at Miami. Uh, at, we talked about Florida State. Um, we talked about them losing to Georgia Tech. I kind of stood up for Florida State and said that you know I think Jeff Collins is doing a good job at Georgia Tech. Uh, Georgia Tech lost to UCF pretty badly this past weekend, so I no longer think that. Um, Mike Norvell has COVID, so he's not even going to be coaching the game. Um, you know, um, Miami looked very, 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 very impressive against Louisville. Um, I guess UAB probably isn't as bad as I initially thought. Uh, Derek King had 325 passing yards. That's not rushing yards. That's just passing yards through the air, which I said was his weakness, and he cracked that 300 mark. So, I mean, that, that's that a lot. That's that's pretty impressive to me. Cameron Harris, the running back, he ran for 134 yards on just nine carries. 
carries against a Louisville defense that I thought was competent. And I don't think Florida State's defense, if it is better, it's not that much better. Okay, well, it's going to take them 12 carries. <laughs> so, uh, again, I'm going to go with Miami. Miami is 2-0 and compared to Florida State, who is 0-1. Uh, I don't really know who at Florida State has to block. Quincy Roche, the big outstanding defensive end who's been lighting it up for Miami so far at 6'4", 235 pounds. He's the Temple transfer, and he's been worth the hype that you've been hearing. And I don't know if Florida State has anybody to block him. So, like I said, I think I've covered Miami's defense. I've covered Miami's offense. We talked about Mike Norvell being out, uh, who's the head coach. We talked about Florida State having one game this year. Um, Last week, we kind of pounded on the practice and how a lot of teams with more practices and more games have been doing better this season. Well, Miami has two games under the belt that they both won. Florida State only has one game under the belt. So, again, I feel very confident in uh, taking Miami on this one. Ryan, what do you think? Uh, I tweeted, I think, at you on Saturday or Sunday. I don't care what the line. I I don't care what the line is. You take the Hurricanes on this one, and I'm a Florida State fan saying it. Um, I think everything points to the favorites in Miami. Norvell has COVID, so he's on his little quarantine. I know he's doing the Zoom meetings and stuff like that, but (laughs) yeah, look, it matters. (laughs) How how well can you coach in those circumstances? Um, The big question mark for Florida State coming off of last season is how is the new offense going to look? And how is the offensive line play going to pan out with it being the bottom of the barrel the last two years in Florida State? I think they were ranked 129 at one point last year, if not even lower. I I think we found the answer. Yeah. It was bad. We found the answer because Georgia Tech was getting around the edge. And then towards the the latter part of the game, the offensive linemen were just dropping like flies. So you're looking at second, third string guys going against a Miami defense that is very aggressive, have great edge play. Great defensive Um, line. Uh, Great yeah, and, and and if it's strength versus weakness, it's right there. And yeah. I really, I don't think that uh, Florida State has the punch uh, to uh, kind of combat that. I will say, Florida State under interim coaches the last couple of years has looked really good, and that'd be the only <laughs> thing that 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 they can hang their hat on. But that's not anything that you can you can cover the eleven points with. Yeah, I think I, I I think I identified my mistake with handicapping Florida State the last time as I gave Georgia Tech too much credit with Georgia Tech having another game under the belt against UCF and getting pounded. Um, I think I'm now seeing Florida State clearer. Miami, if, when you take the improvements that Derek King has made, and I don't really necessarily think it's his play that's improved. It's just their style of offense. They're figuring it out. And you saw that in the second half against UAB when Derek King, Derek King and Miami started to spread, spread away from them, and they carried that over to Louisville. Now, I thought that Louisville was going to be too good to let that happen. Um, I was wrong. So if Louisville yeah. can't handle it, I don't think Florida State can either. But let's go on to my that, – that's my lock of the week. My next bet, Oklahoma giving 28.5 to Kansas State. I locked in this bet on Monday because I thought it would only get higher. Um, just like the Miami bet, it hasn't moved yet, but I do expect that to, to at least cross the 12-point threshold. I don't know if it's going to cross a key number. Um, it might, though. But this one – it hasn't. As a matter of fact, it's gone down. Oklahoma's only given 27 and a half. And I think that there's that I find that interesting, but I think there is a good reason behind that. Oklahoma's one game under their belt. Uh, they basically demolished Missouri State 48 to 0. Missouri State's not good. Missouri State played, we played Missouri State when I was in college to give you a reference of how good they are. But Kansas State is 0 1, and they had an embarrassing loss against Arkansas State, who's a Sun Belt team. Okay, and I don't think that's a coincidence. I think Kansas State's just not that good. Um, we saw those highlights of Spencer Rattler, and he looked very competent. I know again it's Missouri State, but he w- he had a good spiral on. He had a big arm. He was accurate. Those things don't change no matter who you're playing against. He threw for over 290 yards and was basically benched the entire second half. Um, uh, 
again, if you're talking about strength versus weakness, Oklahoma's got a big, nasty offensive line led by their the one of the best anchors in the in college and Creed Humphrey, six foot five, three to seven pounds, the junior center. That's a your Browns prospect to watch out for. Just like I would say Quincy Roche is the Browns prospect to watch for from Miami. Um so I again I'm going with Oklahoma. I know that the number went down. Um, I don't I think that the number is going to be, be closing higher than twenty and a half, but I guess I could be wrong. Ryan, what do you, what do you think? Uh, so I looked at this game a little bit. I peeked at it rather just because I wanted to see where Oklahoma was going to be uh, projected to uh, what the line was going to be after they came out so hot in their in their game one with Spencer Rattler. Uh, I, I see it at 28 right now. Um, I, I use the action network and uh, they have a pro line uh, uh, move predictor, basically where they see it fluctuating from start to finish. And they've still they've only got it going down to 27 and a half. So a point at that. Yeah, I mean, yes, it's a key number at 28. That is a key number. But. You you're, talking about four, you're talking about four touchdowns. That's a big that, – that half a point. That, the more points you're point, talking about, yeah. yeah. The that more points so you It does with. cross that key number threshold. Yeah. And the only other thing I want to point out is 98% of the money is on Oklahoma. Is so, that right? Yeah, 98% of the money is Oklahoma. Um, I Correct me if I'm wrong, but was it Kansas or Kansas State that lost to ECU or Coastal Carolina? It was Kansas State, wasn't it? This year or last year? This year. No, uh, uh, Kansas State lost their only game against Arkansas State. Kansas lost to Coastal Carolina. Uh, yeah, Coastal, right. Car- Coastal Carolina is actually the better Sunbelt team. Yeah, Arkansas yeah, yeah. State, they're, they're, Arkansas State's a fairly average Sunbelt team. Uh, they lost a lot of speed at wide receiver, and they have a lot of new players. So Kansas State was expected to beat them. We t- I bet on Coastal Carolina um, against Kansas, and they actually won outright, but the spread was only seven points. The Kansas State-Arkansas State spread was much larger. Kansas State was expecting to wipe the floor with them, and, and they lost outright. Um, so I think that that's an indication of how bad Kansas State is. But again, we'll keep track of that number. Again, I want to repeat, too, I'm using offshore lines because uh, I am in, we are in Columbus, Ohio, uh, but we'll kind of walk you through the lines and what we expect from them as well. Are you ready to move on to my third game? Let's do it. All right, my third best bet, Auburn giving 7.5 to Kentucky. I'm picking all home teams this week. I don't know if you've noticed. The SEC kicks off play. How can I not mention an SEC contest, dude? I am kind of pumped to see some SEC football. I think Auburn is a very good team. Let's talk about their offense. They have the reigning SEC freshman of the year and Bo Nix returning. He can only get stronger. And not only with that, but I'm going to give you my other Browns prospect to watch out for. I would say he is our trapped player of the week because he's headstrong, ready to take on anyone. And Seth Williams, who's six foot three, two hundred twenty-four <laughs> pounds. He's only a junior, but he's fast. He has reliable hands. I don't think there's anybody in the SEC that can cover him, and that counts Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky loses Lynn Bowden. I know that there's a little bit of hype surrounding Terry Wilson being and back from injury. Um, if you remember, Lynn Bowden was playing quarterback, and one of the reasons why was because Terry Wilson was hurt. Okay, well, Terry Wilson, if you look at his statistics, I think PFF had an article that they shared or a tweet that they sh- they put out about Terry Wilson's effectiveness against SEC opponents during his last eight games. I don't care. That offense was better with Lynn Bowden out there. So I'm totally thinking they're going to take a step back, and Bo Nix is going to take a step forward. I'm taking Auburn, giving the seven and a half points. It's also... I- it's also worth worth to note, I did write down these stats I thought were kind of interesting, uh, that Auburn converted 42.3% of their third downs last year, which is first in the SEC. Uh, again, is that number sustainable being first? No. But can we expect them to be in the higher upper echelon, possibly due to coaching and play calling? I think that that's fair, and Bo, Bo Nix's efficiency. Uh, Kentucky also had the slowest pace last year of all the SEC teams with 27.7 
eight seconds between play calls. Now, why is that important? Because last year, the whole offense was revolved around slamming it down your throat, and I don't think they have anybody that can do that this year. They don't. I, I was getting ready to say I love the seven, seven and a half points, wherever you can get it. Um, reason being is, you know, with the loss of Lynn Bowden, he was the heart and soul of that team. They were, I mean, they could play at that pace by just giving him the ball and having him go out and make plays. And then offense, yeah. also, I thought Kentucky's defense was statistically at the top tier, but always slept on as far as the, the perception of how they played last year. And I don't know if they have, uh, the guys that they need returning in the right spots. I think they lost a couple inside linebackers this uh, this uh, upcoming offseason. And it's basically, you know, the quarterback of the offense, the quarterback of the defense are both gone. It's going to be tough to play week one in Auburn under those circumstances. Yeah, even with no fans there, it should be a pretty tough test. Um, if you're ready, I'm ready to move on to the NFL. I That's do want to mention I am considering strongly – uh, sprinkling some money on UAB, giving seven points to South Alabama, uh, because, like I said, I, I believe that the Miami victory last week kind of gave me a newfound outlook for them. But let's move on to the NFL. Last week, I did not have a good week. I was two and two going into the Monday night game. I sprinkled some cash on New Orleans, uh, so I ended up this, I ended the week with two and three. Um, I, you know, that, that that's how it goes sometimes. You know, with my best bets on here. I went one and two as well. I to recap, I took Green Bay giving six to Detroit, which ended up being a good one. Actually, no. Hey, look, my best bets were actually two and one. So I gave I told you that I lost more games than I really necessarily needed to. So let's just pretend I went two and one. <laughs> but you know, it was Green Bay, Green Bay giving six points to Detroit. Um, we kind of talked about that game. I know Adam said that that number was rather large, but he did not consider how bad Matt Patricia was. That was a fault of his <laughs> and his his method. <laughs> I would be harassing about that. Uh, I took San Francisco, given seven points to the New York Jets, even with the hobble the quarterback and have their defense gone uh, or bruised up. Uh, I still won that. And the game I lost that I gave you guys was Cleveland. And again, the other game I lost I did not share on this podcast was Minnesota getting three points from Indianapolis, which didn't do very well and will bring me to my next three games. But Ryan, how'd you do? Uh, I I crushed last week. Um, as far as the thirteen items I bet, I won on nine of them. Uh, one of them being a five game parlay. As far as the straight up bets, I went four for five. The only one I didn't cover was the nine points from Kansas City, which um, I, I, I was pretty uh, pretty candid on saying they might be like the two thousand seven Patriots. You bet them no matter how you can get them. After watching yeah. last week, I think I'm going to pump the brakes on it. And I'm, I'm <laughs> I, I guess my point is that you have to stay fluid on this. Um, you know, as much as the the numbers and the lines and everything looks to be, you know, where you want to peek at, you have to look and you have to get the eyeball test. And I, I saw some things in the Kansas City Chiefs last week against a rookie quarterback and Justin Herbert that kind of made me hesitate a little bit. So anytime I see those plus seven uh, matchups against a division rival, I'll hesitate a little bit. But the, the games that I nailed, uh, I'm going to ride the Green Bay thing until it's over with. I still think they're one of the most underrated team. So I, I got uh, Green Bay, Seattle, and um, 49ers, and the Buffalo Bills all cover or all uh, all on the cover except for the Bills. I bet them straight up last minute. That game kind of scared me a little bit, and obviously the Dolphins seem to always be doing the Cinderella thing. Um, but other than that, the five game parlay, I swung for the fences, hit that. I'm hoping to carry on that streak. Yeah, we actually so we we actually had opposite weeks then. Your overall betting weekend turned out to be really well, and mine turned out to be bad. But on the pod, you went one and one, and I went two and one, which is unfortunate. Adam had a really good week too. I think he hit seventy five 
No, I I know he hit seventy percent. I think he bet on eleven games for some reason, or maybe I don't remember. I know he I know he hit well over sixty percent again, but his bets were one and two in the pod as well. Um, but as we're already well aware, Adam takes time with his little uh, prognostication of the numbers and all that good stuff. Oh, before we hit there too, I forgot Chris Runyon just hit, hit me up. Chris Runyon's been listening to our show every week. He wanted to know if he should take the over or under on the Cincinnati Army game. It sits at forty five. I lean over. I'm not putting money on that game. This is the Bearcats and the Army Black Knights back to college here just a bit before we go into the NFL. I don't want to forget. I don't want to leave you hanging, Chris, because I know you've messaged me personally, and I appreciate you listening. Um, but, yeah, I lean over. I think Army you – know, I know that their last two games, they've actually hit the under. Uh, but, I mean, Cincinnati hit the over against Austin P. Cincinnati's going to score, move the ball, and Army does it pretty well moving the ball as well. Ryan, did you have any thoughts on that game, though? I kind—I don't really – I don't – I wouldn't really Historically, bet on it. when it comes to uh, service games, you know, Army, Navy, I I tend to lean towards the under just because of their style and pace of play. But And they, they've know, gone under both games this year. Yeah, I but know. But remember, they were playing Louisiana Monroe and uh, Mid-Tennessee State, who couldn't move the ball at all. Mid-Tennessee State looked like a child. I mean, I could have called a better offense than I could have called a better offensive scheme than that. So I do expect Cincinnati to do better than that. But you're right. Historically speaking, those triple option offense, they maintain the ball time of possession, which usually leads to the underheading. 45 is not a huge uh, total, though. So something to think about. No, absolutely. So you're with me, though. You know, No money on that game, but you lean under, huh? Yeah, if I'm going to my head, if I had to bet, I'm leaning under just because of history. Style of play. Damn. So we are we are so I, we are going opposite, but both neither one of us are taking the, the bait. Um, all right, let's move on to the NFL now. Sorry, uh, we'll try to get back into the groove of it. Didn't want to leave Chris hanging there before we moved on to the NFL. Um, but yeah, I'm going to give you my three best bets again, even though I've kind of locked in a couple other bets uh, Thursday night and Monday night. Uh, but my my favorite game was the Minnesota Vikings getting two and a half from the Tennessee Titans. Minnesota is at home. They're 0-2. They lost last week 28-zip to zip to the Indianapolis Colts. Kirk Cousins had a terrible showing. Um, hopefully he rebounds. The Titans uh, beat the Jaguars barely 33-30. to They sit at 2-0. and uh, The look-ahead line, if you look at this, and Adam – we talked about this a lot last year. Um, if you look at this, you can win a lot of money if you look at the spread like the stock market. The look headline on this game, this was the biggest swing of the week. Minnesota actually opened up uh, last week at giving one. So now you got them. I mean, we even turned past zero, and they're getting two and a half points. Mike Zimmer, 76%, even after last week's loss, by the way. He is 76% against the spread after a loss. And again, that's including the loss he just had against the spread. So what his percentage is, losing two in a row against the spread, I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) But that 76%, that's pretty goddamn good. Um, Something else to really examine with this game is if you could tease it, um, because if if you tease it with the six points, you're getting them at eight and a half, you're crossing another threshold of of seven. So now you've crossed zero, three, and seven overall at this game. It kind of feels like a big discount. A game I was looking at teasing it with would have been the Dolphins tomorrow night. The Dolphins are getting three points. You you, you tease that, you're getting nine. Again, that's not one of my best bets, but Minnesota Vikings are. I feel like there's a desperation here. Uh, The Vikings are better than 0-2. No one would have had them going 0-2, right? Um, they're a playoff team. They're consistent. I, I don't think Stefan Diggs going 0-2. Yeah. Whatever, dude. Well, they were favored against the Packers. They were favored against the Colts. 
No, the Colts were favored against the, the Vikings. I'm sorry, but they were favored against the Packers. You know, I don't think anybody expected them to be this terrible without Stefan Diggs. And I don't think that they are. I think that they'll figure it out. Um, you know, it's kind of like a, it's, it's like, they're just, they're, they're, they're desperate, dude. They, they, they need it. I think they're going to work harder. It's just like when you go to a gentleman's club and you know, the, the one, the single mother that needs money for baby formula, she's going to give you the best lap dance of your life. That's what, that's what I'm entrusting in the Vikings. Well, that's just because she's got that soft, caring, nurturing touch. That, that too. Um, so this is actually a game that I picked out and circled for the exact opposite reason. Because I, you think the Vikings are that bad. I, I, I have been betting against the Vikings adamantly all, all year long. Reason being is Mike Zimmer has predicated his entire teams off of defense and running the ball. I think we have a little bit of a hangover on Vikings uh, teams from the last couple of years. A hangover? Yes. You, you just you just you just mentioned that they were a playoff team. Yet Vegas came out and gave them nine or nine and a half wins, a win total this year, yes. which could be a playoff team, depending on the circumstances. Uh, after week two, that's moved down to seven and a half to eight and a half in some places. Um, they lost nine defensive starters. I mean, yeah, they their are pa- their pass rush is atrocious. But remember, they just traded for Unique and Gakwe. That's okay. fine. And eventually fine. he's going to be a stud because he was in Jacksonville. I get it. I, I understand he was real good in the 2017 team when the Jaguars were wrecking the world. He was the, good the, last year. He And he was good last year, but I don't think he was on the pace or the scale of his stardom that we all thought he was going to be on. Point is, mm-hmm. they, they don't have Hunter. They now don't have Anthony Barr. The, you know, they're already Anthony missing. Barr. That's true. They're, they're missing nine starters. I mean, the, the defense – is a huge problem right now they're allowing over 430 yards a game and over 35 points a game i love the two and a half titans and i will actually bet the titans in any way i could possibly get this weekend in minnesota especially after i saw what the packers could do in minnesota week one i know it is a rod i know it's a pass first offense i know the secondary yeah. is the weak spot of the vikings but i i think Tannehill is a very serviceable quarterback, and I think they can get Derrick Henry to lull them asleep and kill them with John U. Smith, Corey Davis, and maybe even A.J. Brown might be back. Who knows? Who cares? I'm all over the Titans in this one. I'm betting well, against Mike. I think Mike what killed the Vikings. Vikings last week. Okay, that's fine, but that's it. You're also betting against 76% against the spread after a loss. But moving on, let's go to game number two. I'm going to take the San Francisco 49ers, giving four points to the New York Giants. The look-ahead line for this last week before all the injuries was the uh, the San Francisco 49ers were given seven. So I feel like I'm getting a three-point discount. It's already moved to four and a half, by the way. On Monday, I locked this bet in it's at four points. I feel like it's only going to get higher despite injuries. Um, if you look at Jimmy Garoppolo, him being out, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is great, but we've seen him be out. We've seen the Snyder's offense when he's out, and Nick Mullins is a very serviceable quarterback. Matter of fact, they like him, right? Tevin Coleman's out. Raheem Mostert's out. Remember, Raheem Mostert, everybody gives him all this hype, but Raheem Mostert is a cast-off. Shit, he was a Cleveland Browns cast-off. Okay, so let's not give him that much credit, right? And the other back was Tevin Coleman, who's hurt, who, who was kind of getting – he wasn't really a, an X factor, even though he is very good. The guy that's stepping up for those guys 
is Jarek McKinnon, who is an absolute freak coming off of an injury. So let's not act like he's some homeless guy off of the streets. He's very good. Um, you know, hurting, losing Joey Bosa, losing Solomon Thomas, those guys in the defensive end, I think that that hurts worse than the guys on the offensive end. Um, but again, you're talking about the New York Giants, who are just absolutely terrible. They lose Saquon Barkley. It looks like Devontae Freeman's going to be the running back. They just put Sterling Shepard, who was what their top two receiver, on the on the IR, I, you know their best offensive weapon might be Evan Ingram at this point. They still don't have an offensive line worth a shit. Um, I, I again, I feel like I'm getting a discount with uh, San Francisco giving four points. Uh, as a diehard Niners fan, I watched that game last week against the New York Jets, and you've seen. Thank the you, because I did forget to mention that the Niners are one and one, and they beat the Jets last week, thirty-one to thirteen. The Giants are zero and two, and they lost the Bears thirteen to seventeen. That's also important to remember. So thank you for bringing that up because I forgot. I think this is a slippery game. I would I wouldn't bet it. A um, couple of reasons: the Niners have stayed on the East Coast now for a couple of weeks because they had back-to-back New York games, and uh, I believe they have another East Coast game next week. So they will have been away from home for now three or four weeks. Um, yeah, they, missing... stay, they stayed again. They stayed over there again. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Uh, so they're missing you know, their bookend defensive ends, D Ford, Nick Bosa. They're missing Solomon Thomas. Drake Greenlaw's got a bum is, wheel. Is D Ford officially out? He's officially out. Richard mm-hmm. Sherman's on the IR. I mean, it, it, it is so bad in San Francisco right now that if they do win, it is going to be because the Giants are worse. And I really do think Giants are a, a bottom five team right now. Terrible. If if anything, what I would bet in this game is the over under at forty one to forty two, wherever you can get it at, just based off of what's going on. I mean, it's it's going to be a sloppy, sloppy game. You're talking um, taking the you mean the under taking the under? Yeah, if I'm going to bet anything, I'm going to bet the under of forty one. Okay, and that's not a bad bet. I think I kind of agree with you there. Again, I I I feel like I'm getting a discount in San Francisco. You could have told me all those guys were injured. I still would have probably given up the seven points. You're losing Saquon. I mean, shit. Losing Saquon Barkley might be worse than anything that the Niners lost. I mean, the Niners have pretty good depth everywhere. Look at it this way. The 49ers are going to have a backup quarterback throwing it to a rookie Brandon Ayuk, a what would be fourth or fifth string Kendrick Bourne, Jordan Reed, who they signed two weeks before the end of preseason, who if you give him a headbutt on a touchdown celebration, he might get a concussion. They're missing two two (laughs) other offensive linemen. They're missing their first and their second string running back. I mean, they've, they they activated two practice squad running backs just to make sure Jarek McKinnon, who has multiple ACLs and severe injuries, doesn't go yep. down on MetLife Field like the rest of the roster did last week. So there's just too many weird things that can happen for me to even want to bet this game. Well, that is concerning coming from the Niners fan, but like I said, I'm going to roll the dice. What's your second game? Uh, So the game I love as much as anything else, and I'm going to keep riding the hot hand, uh, we're looking at the um, Steelers versus the Texans. You and I discussed this before we started the pod. So uh, depending on where you got it, the opening line on this was anywhere from five to six points in Texans' favor. Steelers giving up six to the Texans. However, it's moved down to three, three and a half. Um, the Steelers have impressed me mightily the first two weeks. Now, granted, I know they played the Giants, and the Giants are bad. And I know they played the Broncos. And within the first couple minutes of the game, uh, you had Drew Locke out. You have Jeff, Jeff Driscoll coming charging down the field. I think the, the Steelers are still working some things out, but I think Big Ben has looked good. I think the Steelers are the much better team to begin with. Uh, the biggest thing about that game is not a matter of how bad 
the opponents of the Steelers have been, but how bad Deshaun Watson and the Texans have looked. Uh, Will Fuller, again, has another hammy injury. He's Who knows if he's going to run out there? you got Brandon Cooks, who's a soft, under, undersized wide receiver, going against a very physical defense. You have Deshaun Watson, who is getting pressured like no other quarterback I've seen in in the first three years of anyone's career. That, that's statistically proven, by the way, too. He's, no, he's it, it undergone, is proven. I, I think it goes. I think it goes Burrow and then him for the most rushed quarterbacks in the NFL this season. So this is the fun one that I picked out for this game. So Deshaun Watson has a passer rating of sixty-one point eight against the Blitz since Week sixteen of last year. This is the third worst of any qualified quarterback in that category. And wow. the Steelers are blitzing on 30% of plays, the second highest in the NFL. The The Steelers are going to bring it. And there is nothing in the Texans offense, as much as I think Deshaun Watson is a top five talented quarterback, that thinks that they're going to withstand that. I think Deontay Johnson is a very slept on wide receiver. I think with the, uh, another wide receiver there, Juju's looking well, well. And I don't care who runs the ball. I think the Steelers run away with this game. You know what? It's funny because we Ryan and I did briefly talk about this at the beginning of the pod, and he said, "Hey, this is we went over our best bets, but we didn't sh- share our winners in just in case we were going to argue, right? It makes the pod more interesting for us." Um, so when he said, "When I said the Vikings, I was a surprise to him. He said the Titans, I was a surprise to me." Here we both said we disagreed, and knowing Ryan's affinity towards Deshaun Watson. My hunch was that he was going to take the Texans, and I thought we were going to disagree. I'm actually with him. I'm going to take the Steelers. Again, I think this is a huge discount. I would have took it given five and a half. That was the look-ahead line last week. Um, But, again, I'm very happy to take the three and a half. I do think that this line is only going to get bigger. Like you said, Will Fuller is out. I've seen that he is ruled out due to a hamstring injury. Brandon Cooks, by the way, was hurt last week as well. He was bumped and bruised and missed some snaps last week. So we don't know if he's 100%. And that's their number two. So there's a good chance that Houston Texans offense loses their top two receivers. Duke Johnson didn't practice today. Okay, so that's their number two running back who gets a lot of snaps. All right, and that's already a very pitiful, pitiful, pitiful offensive line. You just talked about the pass rushing stats, and that's only that's against all of the NFL. Right, the Pittsburgh Steelers have one of the most ferocious pass rushers in the NFL in TJ Watt, who's teamed up with Cam Hayward, teamed up with Bud Dupree, Stefan Tuitt. These are all very competitive in your face rushers that are gonna make Deshaun Watson's life hell. Deshaun Watson's a great quarterback, but when he's rushed, he panics. He is not smooth. Shit, he's not even as smooth as Sam Darnold with someone in his face. Right. There's some serious issues there. So I, I'm taking the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, a lot of people. The, the Steelers, for reference, we, 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 always forget, we always forget to gear, share the records. The Houston Texans are 0-2. Their last loss was 33-16 of the Ravens. So they barely did better than the Browns, okay? And we talked about the Browns being, you know, the worst team in the NFL for a good five days before they finally beat the Bengals. The Steelers are 2-0. They only beat the Broncos 26-21, and they're getting a lot of heat with that. First of all, there's a couple different variables that people aren't taking into account, uh, and this kind of brings me back to your best bet from last week. Jeff Driscoll went in for Drew Locke. A lot of times you will see – when a new quarterback comes in, the defense kind of takes a step back and goes, uh, okay. Like yeah. they're trying to adjust and they don't really adjust in time. To be honest with you, you talked about your Chiefs best bet from last week and that being your loss. I would take that bet nine out of ten times oh, knowing Tyrod Taylor's plan. I completely agree. When I saw Justin Herbert out there, I immediately went, uh-oh. And yeah, it, exactly. And that's why I was saying you have to be fluid with this. As much as we want to get our bets in on Mondays and Tuesdays, I'm looking Sunday morning to see what's going on. And if if had I known that, I would have tried to cover or hedge that bet in some way, shape, or form. 
I, and that's why I look at the spreads every day. That's I know that you would you and Adam do that as well. Um, but the point is, is back to the Steelers game. I think that that's not really taken into consideration the slight upgrade that the Broncos might have received game planning yes. wise or changed yeah. the Steelers. And remember too, that score would have been much worse. I mean, not much worse, but the Steelers would have had another touchdown there. But James Conner went down. He slid down. Going in as he, he would have had a touchdown, and they need the ball and ran off the clock on the three yard line. So they were going in for another touchdown, another yeah. score when they ended the game. So that that they would have beaten the spread last week, but again they decided to have more of a time management and beat the clock there. So I, I'm right there with you. I'm with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, so yeah, we matched up on that game. Did you have anything else to add? Those are the three games I'm looking at. Like I said, I I would strongly consider if you're if you're gonna bet. The funny thing about the Vikings Titans game is if you're gonna if you're gonna bet the Vikings you want to tease it, but if you're gonna bet the Titans you you don't want to tease it because that's they that that's like the worst thing you can do is cross zero yeah. on a teaser with a favor. It makes it makes no sense. You're already you're only giving up a field goal. Why would you bet on the favor if you don't think that they can win? It doesn't make any sense. Um, so that is interesting. Like I said, I would glance at the Miami Dolphins. I put money on them, but I'm not going to hand that out as my best bet. Um, that's mostly because I'm a degenerate. But that would be an intriguing tease for me because that would bump it up to nine points. You're crossing a key number there in seven. Um, but that's it. Those are my three best bets. Ryan, did you have anything else to add? I got two more games that I like, and, I, and it's because I'm, I'm bullish on these two teams uh, starting the season. So the Packers getting three and a half in New Orleans. Uh, that line opened up anywhere from six, six and a half, depending on where you can get it. I don't know how it can change or even be at three and a half right now with the way that the Saints looked on Monday night against the Las Vegas Raiders. Pretty rough. Pretty rough. It was the, the roughest part about it was there's no Michael Thomas. We know that. They went out and got Emmanuel Sanders, who still does not have a reception on the year, I don't believe. I, I know he didn't have one. No, no, he does. He does. He, what, he have one week one? Because I knew he had zero on Monday. Yeah, I thought so. I'll have to double check. Well, I just yeah. traded for him in fantasy. Well, He's got 11 fantasy points on the year. He had to get him at some point, Ryan. No, I mean, if you watch the game at all, Drew Brees' depth of target was atrocious. I mean, without having yeah. Michael Thomas being able to kind of work the middle, it was dumped down to Kamara or Buss. Even Jared Cook, who seemed to be another weapon, was easy to contain. I think that the Packers are one of the most potent teams in the league right now. Right now they're leading the league in scoring, averaging almost 42 points a game. And to get three and a half on another indoor stadium on turf where they're going to be really fast, the only thing that's concerning is Devontae Adams left the game uh, about midway through the other day with a, uh, you know, a bum hammy or a sore hammy. I haven't read anything about it since then, and I think they basically just put him on the bench to say, hey, this is a blowout. We don't need you anymore. That being said, Aaron Jones looks great. A-Rod looks great. Devontae Adams looks great. Even their defense in, in spots looks really great. I am all over the Packers, three and a half. I'll bet this money line straight up. I think this is going to be a Packers win. We're going to see the Saints reeling without Michael Thomas. Um, and my last one is the Seahawks at home, minus five against the Cowboys. I took them minus four against the Patriots. I do not think the Cowboys are an elite-level team. I think they can put up some points. I think they were capable of a miracle the other day. But I think the Cowboys are really – kind of just getting the uh, the NFC ESPN press, and we're, again, thinking they're better than what they actually are. I think the Seahawks are that good. I think Russell Wilson is the MVP this year going forward. I mean, we watched DK Metcalf completely obliterate Stephon Gilmore, the defensive player of the year, for the entire game almost. And 
I think in Seattle, even without the 12 and the fans there, that's just a tough place to go travel to and play. It's just Seattle is my best team in the NFC right now. Uh, I do think that there is a slight premium on the Dallas Cowboys because they are America's team. They're the most recognizable team. There's yes. Cowboys fans everywhere. So I do think that there is a slight um, premium on them. So I, I would agree with that. I don't know if I'm going to put money on those games because I don't know if I have the balls. Um, but you did bet against the Cowboys last week, and, and that was yep. your big winner too with the Falcons, and no one really saw that coming. Uh, for the record, Emmanuel Sanders does have four receptions on the year and a touchdown against the Buccaneers. So he had a reception well, yeah, last week, night for 18 yards. That's, that's what I'm saying. In a game uh, where well, he, just saying. Yeah, in a game where he is the one wide receiver, he's wide receiver one, he couldn't produce at all against the lonely Las Vegas Raiders. Well, I traded for him, baby. Hey, keep that faith. I'm, I'm ready keep for it. Faith. I'm ready for it. Uh, all right, before we sign off, I do want to mention the Browns made a couple moves this week. They signed uh, a couple guys to the practice squad. Uh, one of the guys I really like, we'll, we'll get to him. Uh, Kyle, they call, signed Kyle Markway, who was a tight end from South Carolina. Uh, he went undrafted a couple years ago. It's a guy I gave a seventh-round grade to. I think he's more of a blocking guy. I don't, I don't think there's a whole lot to expect. Uh, Matthew McCain, the kicker. Uh, and then a guy that I really like that I kind of wanted to talk about a bit was they signed Jalen Jelks to the practice squad. Jalen Jelks was a, a defensive end at Oregon, was drafted in the seventh round by the Dallas Cowboys two years ago. Um, he's like 6'6", 250, 240, can't gain any weight, really thin, really long, though. I think he's got some pretty intriguing upside. I don't think he's a star or anything, but it is it is a name and a uh, person to keep an eye on. Again, we're going to be back tomorrow. We're going to give you a Cleveland Browns-Washington Redskins review Um Adam and I touched on the look-ahead line a little bit, which at the time, by the way, everybody was five and a half. The Browns were favored by five and a half. They're already favored by seven and a half the last yep. time I checked. I'm not touching that game. We talked mm -hmm. about how we – Adam and I both touched on how we think that the Redskins might actually be better than the Bengals and the Browns didn't beat the spread against the Bengals. But, again, we're going we're gonna to cover that more tomorrow. We're going to go dig, dig deeper, not just the gambling side, but the fantasy side and also try to give our best analysis of that. Uh, but this was the Browns Wire podcast. Again, if you want to sign Austin Hooper 8x10, review and rate and just DM one of us. My Twitter is at Josh Keatley 16. Please follow the Browns Wire podcast at Browns Wire podcast. Uh, Ryan, where you, where, can you, where can you be reached? I am Ryan Keefe. That's on Twitter. And then Morris, his last name and a lot of digits. <laughs> it's like it's like uh, more 21002 or something like that. It's his social security uh, number. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But I'll be back with us again tomorrow. And uh, Adam always tweets out and shares his top Adam's more Moore's Moist top ten bets of the week. And uh, he, like I said, he's hit. I'm not exaggerating. They're right there in the history. He's he's hit seventy percent both weeks. Um, so he's he's on a high streak, which is a shame because on this show he's given out six picks. And I think well, he went two and one the first week and went one and three this past week on his best bets. But again, he doesn't finalize all of his numbers till Friday. So definitely keep a lookout for that. Uh, hit us up. Ryan, you have anything to add? Uh, I'm going to correct you. I went two and two and one on my picks from last week. No, you did not. Yes, I did. You the gave two, my... you gave two picks on this pod. You gave the chiefs and the Falcons and the, and the Packers. Oh, did you take the Packers with yep, me? I'm taking the Packers every week. You might have to, I think you might and have done the that. The only other right. thing I want to point out is I, I hope Baker Mayfield listened to this podcast because uh, you said Bo Nix is a uh, Cleveland Browns prospect. So you already got Bo Nix starting. No, 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 no. I said Seth Williams. <laughs> Seth Williams. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, I yeah, stand yeah, corrected. Yeah. I stand but corrected. I did say I cut Baker Mayfield for Garner Minshew in my fantasy league. Uh, I don't blame you one bit. I'm all over that game tomorrow. The mustache yeah. versus the beard, three points. Yeah. I'm. 
I, Miami should be undefeated at this point. You oh you you're gonna take you're thinking about taking the Jags, huh? I I love the Jags at three points. No, the Jags are given three points. I know I know that I love the Jags and and the three and giving up the three. Are points. you serious? Yeah. I mean, goddamn, Fitzpatrick has almost turned up some. Uh, Jacksonville's well, more we'll than see, two we'll stadiums see. that's allowed fans in the stands. Uh, I think but you the, know, you know that they were allowed. They were allowed to have fans the first week. They had eighteen thousand tickets for sale. They only sold sixteen thousand. They, they're they're literally the only NFL team. With- don't, yeah, don't get me wrong. It's still Jacksonville. But- What's it like a half hour road trip from Miami to Jacksonville? No, you're way off. Way <laughs> like off. it's like a five hour bus trip, dude. From Miami to Jacksonville. Yes, dude. It's no more than five hours. Well, I want you to pull up Google and just pull up a, a, a map of Florida and let me know on the little thing how long it takes you to get from Miami to Jacksonville. Like, what do you, you want me to just like, dude? I'm t- Google it right now. Google it right now. Do the Google Maps or whatever. Just say how. Just Google it. How long does it take to drive from Miami to Jacksonville? This is good radio. This is it, good it's radio. It's 350 miles, which is five hours, six minutes. Oh, my God, dude. Are you serious? That's how close I was? Six minutes off, people. I did, I, <laughs> I was I was pulling that number out of my ass, by the way. Oh, I can tell you where. I can tell you thought it was right down the road, too. Oh, yeah, for sure. you understand, Miami's the southernmost point of Florida, and Jacksonville's I know. northernmost port of Florida. Well, it's not the, Jacksonville's right in the middle. No, it's not. <laughs> it's It's in the middle. Jacksonville is closer to Georgia than it is Orlando, Tampa. I don't. Is it closer than, than Orlando? Yeah, uh, Jacksonville is probably an hour less than from. No, you could get to Georgia in probably 30, 45 minutes, depending on how you travel. Whatever, dude. You're just jealous because I was right. I've been to Jacksonville too, by the way. Okay. I got a, the Jacksonville University. We played them my freshman and sophomore year. They came up my freshman year. This was the first time where I just felt like I was molested. They beat us. It was 42 to nothing going into halftime. That's how bad they were beating us. They ran the ball every play in the second half. The final score was like 86 to nothing. They ran the ball every play in the second half, and they still scored a touchdown every drive. It was wild, dude. Never seen anything like it. A couple of those guys got invited to camps. I think they had a wide receiver, a quarterback, and a running back, but no, none of them stuck. I think the worst thing I've ever seen like that, something like that, was uh, Mountain Union played. Is it dude. Wilmington College from Southern Ohio? Dude, and I think bad. I think they were punting on first down, kicking on second downs. Like they were literally getting like guys off the bus, go out there and practice field goals. Yeah, the, the announcer. I remember the when I remember listening back to it on the radio or the broadcast or whatever, and uh, they were like, "Oh, this guy, this was his first collegiate touch touchdown." <laughs> like he was like that fast. Like, oh my god. Yeah, we were getting some. Uh, trying to hide on the bench that was the browns wire podcast um yeah all right they are out Later.
is your Wendy's wake-up call. Start your day with a better breakfast and get a free drink with any of our morning-making breakfast sandwiches. That's your favorite drink in a Wendy's cup, free. Fresh brewed coffee, free. Diet Coke, free. Vanilla Frosty Chino, that's cold brew plus Frosty Creamer plus free. So don't sleep on this deal. Get any size drink in a Wendy's cup, free, when you buy any breakfast sandwich. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. Limited time only at participating Wendy's. On the card only. Offer valid upon request on lowest price qualifying item. Not valid for third-party delivery. Whether you're a student, looking for a new career, or a building professional who wants new skills, PG&E offers free online training on energy efficiency and electrification. Enroll at pge.com training.